Hi everyone and welcome back to Discerning Consciousness podcast. I'm your host Ant and you join me today for episode number 118 which is entitled Living Authentically in an Era of Mass Delusion. So thank you all very much for tuning in today for the latest episode of Discerning Consciousness. It's good to be back. So what I want to share with you all today is a really important issue um, this idea of uh, living authentically, because I think you'll agree um, we're living through a period of human history that is very, very strange, um, very bizarre, and it can be really difficult to to live authentically, to live true to ourselves when we're surrounded by so much delusion, so much... Um, so many ways in which we can we can fall asleep so many ways in which we can we can get blinded um by the delusion out there and and by the madness it can can be uh can be very very difficult just to remain sane let alone to uh live authentically so to speak so just by way of introduction i'm just going to um just lay out some of the things that i'm going to cover in today's episode I'm just going to start with a very basic kind of A to Z of what I mean by to live authentic or what it means to be authentic as well. I'm also um, going to look at this sort of aspect aspect of why authenticity is so important, especially during this uh, period of human history. I'm also going to look at some of the main challenges um that are placed upon us when we try to live in authenticity so be they personal cultural or societal barriers um i'm also going to look at the pain of inauthenticity what that looks like i think you're probably all well aware of that and also i'm going to look at the sort of higher dimensional aspect uh relevant to this current period of transition uh on the planet so in terms of um, the notion of living, living authentically, really, for me personally, I think it means, you can drill it down to some sort of simple main tenets, if you like. So it means living with honour and integrity, means speaking our truth with conviction at all times, in spite of the consequences. And also understanding that most people do not want to live authentic lives because of the uh, real hardships involved. So we'll often feel like we're walking a lonely path when we are being true to ourselves and living authentically. It also means putting to one side petty grudges and understanding the role that we have with disputes with family and friends. And it also means viewing challenges and crises in life as an opportunity for growth and personal development. I know this is a real hard one for all of us, <laughs> but we stop bitching and moaning about the injustices of the system. And we realise that the role that we have to play it may seem small in healing the world comes when we begin by healing ourselves. So living authentically often means building a bridge out of the system. And this might mean accepting many personal sacrifices along the way. It could mean giving up the illusion of the security offered by our existing corporate nine to five job. 
or starting a business based on our passions. And we might have to build might have to build a bridge, as I was just saying, out of the system while still working within the system, because sometimes it's just not possible due to financial commitments to make that to make that leap uh, in one step. So each individual's person's circumstances are different, uh, but living authentically often does constitute an element, uh, a high degree, I should say, of, of sacrifice and risk. And I think that's uh, obviously why for a lot of people it never really um, it never really becomes a reality. So more of that later. So I just want to move on now and just um, just address the issue of why why is authentic authenticity so impo- important? I mean, what's the point? And what do we gain by making these uh, sacrifices that I was just talking about? Well, I think. There's a much bigger picture at play beyond our individual lives, daily stresses, hopes, desires, fears, passions and dreams. And ultimately, I believe this world will only change for the better when enough people fully embrace their true selves. So as we know, and I've spoke, as I've spoken about before on this podcast, there are no political revolutions, no political ideologies or movements, no people's revolutions, no colour revolutions. These have all been tried during several millennia in history and they've achieved absolutely nothing but just further entrenched the power base of the existing political establishment at the time, which we know collectively, of course, at the moment as globalism or the globalists. So the system is only really able to function with all the extreme insanity and madness and obvious delusion and lies. This only continues to exist, not really because of the cunning of um, evil or the genius of evil, if you, re- if you will. It only really continues because of our collective inauthenticity as human, pe- as human beings. Put very simply, as people do begin to wake up to their true sovereign power and live in their own personal truth, I believe that's the only way in which um, this crazy world that we live in the system of control it's the only way in which that's gonna that is going to be weakened and we can at least begin to work, live uh, in a world of some semblance of um, sanity so in essence this uh, this current world as we know it is maintained through an un- our unconscious behaviors or inauthentic actions if you prefer so in a broader sense, the control system um, it acts as an ad- adversary that force that forces us to seek growth and expansion in order to break free from the mental prison that we've all collectively placed upon ourselves. And this means that each individual journey is extremely significant, and why the system attempts to convince billions of people that they are nothing more than meat robots passing on their DNA as a result of some form of cosmic accident. Now, why, why is that? Why is this idea, idea uh, promoted within the mainstream by the likes of here in the UK, Brian Cox? Uh, that's because if there's no meaning to life, then there's no purpose. And as we know, the philosophy of 
the World Economic Forum and uh, all their pathetic minions and stooges like Bill Gates, etc., is um, that they want to normalise the idea of humanity becoming nothing more than an army of soulish drones. So yeah, just as I was just mentioning there, we each have a vitally important role to play. And uh, this is always worth remembering when we're going for a difficult period in life. There is always a higher purpose to the specific type of emotional pain or trauma that we might be um, that we might be going through in this particular moment, or what we have experienced in the past, our our emotional um, wounding. Because it's only really by living authentically can we perceive higher truth, reality, and discern truth from falsehood. And that's why many people again refuse the call, because there is a a long-standing subconscious recognition that everything about their life or their lives will be turned upside down and it does require an incredible amount of courage and fortitude to live true to ourselves, to live with authenticity and uh, when we remain lost in the illusion or hypnotised as to our true power and divine will which we all embody that is ultimately, of course, the price that we pay when we turn away, uh, and when we um, and we kind of we don't recognise the greatness of our being and the power that we have as uh, human beings on this planet. So now I just want to turn to some of the specific barriers and challenges that exist um, that make it can make it extremely difficult to live our truth and to live with authenticity. And the first one I call is um, really around the idea of self-censorship. Self and this, uh, at the moment, this particular time in human history, largely uh, means complying with woke ideology, whereby we're unable to question obviously absurd social norms in respect of race, religion, sexuality, gender and ethnicity. Now this may seem like a, a trivial matter but I can, I can ensure you that it isn't the case. When we can no longer point out an obvious and clear nonsensical thing within society, we internalise that and it becomes an emotional pain. So not being able to speak our truth for fear of being labelled as a right-wing extremist Nazi, of course, and this can lead to social isolation and an urgency to leave mainstream society and all of the crazy making that we've seen, especially since COVID during the last two years and the obvious lies, contradictions, gaslighting is very hard for us to bear, those of us who are sensitive and intelligent people by nature and who value truth and authenticity. And in many ways, as a number of commentators in the alternative media have said in recent years, we now live in what is called a post-truth world. It's extremely difficult for those people seeking authenticity because modern society is more and more resembling an old-fashioned insane asylum, if you like. And the penalties for speaking out are extremely swift and severe and they can ruin people's lives not just the lives of celebrities, movie stars or sports stars or people in the public eye. If you say something politically incorrect at work, 
your reputation can be ruined overnight and perhaps it might mean the end of your career as well. So the sinister, sinister fallout of accepting obvious absurdities and lies as truth is that we unknowingly feed the beast system because consent equals compliance and compliance therefore equals consent. And again, we we know all about this from the last two years and the COVID scan, scamdemic. We've seen that right in front of our eyes, as I've spoken about before on discerning consciousness. So it's well known and it's uh, quite relevant to the point I'm making is this particular phrase that I'm sure that you're all well aware of is the quote. And I quote, those who can make you believe absurdities can make you commit atrocities. And of course, we've seen this throughout, sorry, throughout human history. So in this type of febrile atmosphere where identity politics reigns supreme, it can be uh, very, very difficult to live life with authenticity. Sometimes we might have to accept that we're going to be marginalised and victimised for speaking our truth, for being true to ourselves. Uh, one particular example might be you might be... Um, have children in school and they're proposing to teach sex education. The school board are proposing this to young children, say below, below the age of um, 11, where you believe this uh, an inappropriate thing to happen. I mean, this is one such example of numerous I could mention. But it might be the case that in this particular instance, we can't shy away. Uh, if we feel called to oppose such to oppose such um, a course of action or such a decision, and from my perspective, I feel this to be true not just on an intellectual level, but also on the level of a gut instinct. As I say, like it's coming up more and more the inappropriate teaching of sex education within schools, and it's becoming more and more of a problem. And uh, this is because, as I was just saying. We feel that this is just wrong, as I say, not on an intellectual level, but we feel it on the very, in, in the core of our being, on the gut level, something um, instinctively tells us that it's wrong. And if we turn away from speaking our truth in this kind of example, there is a danger that we could slide as a society into unimaginable depths of depravity. And I do think that there is a some sort of plan by the globalists ultimately that I think that is their aim and one of their aims is to lower the age of consent uh, certainly across the western world uh, and I think they're using the whole uh, the whole kind of woke identity politics as a sort of Trojan horse for that if you like and I think obviously that's something we need to be uh, aware of, especially for those who have young children, as, I, as I'm sure those of you listening who have young children already are aware of these issues. So the other thing that's important is if we do have um, the power to speak out and to prevent these kind of things from happening, it does, it does start with us recognising that you know we can't we can't turn away we can't turn away and as I was saying before we need to accept that you know we might have a lot of trouble coming our way and there might be people who 
want to spread malicious rumours and gossip about us. But if we're going to live with authenticity during this crazy time of delusion, then that's something that we need to accept. So within society, um, another, just moving things on here, another main barrier towards um, living in our truth, living with authenticity, is sort of like, uh, how shall I say, the zeitgeist of the moment, the cultural norm, especially for young people aged between 18 and 35, because the culture and society would say, well, what does it matter if we believe lies about ourselves and the world? And if we live in in a delusion at, at the end of the day, life is just a playground and we're here just to feather our own nests and just work for our own interests. And these are the kind of messaging messages that young people are getting through the culture, through the movies, through the TV programs, through Netflix, through advertising, uh, through big tech. And all they're doing all the time is promoting hedonism, self-interest, this idea that it's just about satisfying uh, our own individual needs. And a life of self-delusion is almost celebrated these days when we consider phrases like whatever, so as the saying, yeah, from movies to TV TV shows, sorry, leading characters are often portrayed as being selfish, nihilistic, narcissistic, deeply troubled and it's projected to the viewing public as being what life is all about and that's kind of trying to portray the sense in which this is normal life which I believe it is anything but so it isn't and what these sort of uh, messages and characters within tv shows and movies what they're trying to project is this idea that everyone's screwed up these days so we just might as well embrace it and that morality and truth appear to be uh, appear to belong from a long, a long bygone era, and we're all progressive these days and woke and multicultural and diverse and inclusive and understanding apparently. And what what does truth matter in such a world when we can express our individuality in so many unique ways? Apparently, be it sexually, culturally, politically, and religious more about that in a going to go into more of that particular aspect in a while and we hear kind of phrases like because I'm worth it so don't cramp my style with these old-fashioned elitist talk of morality and standards and we can see it all around us and in the institutions of society what that has led us to what I describe as a race to the bottom and the tyranny of the minority Oh, so what has all of this got to do with delusion and this idea of truth and authenticity? Well, as a society, we've created uh, an, inconnect- an interconnected web of ways to delude ourselves that truth doesn't matter. In fact, it's no longer relevant. All that matters in a world of delusion is how I feel about myself or how I vi- view a, p- a specific cultural or social issue and woe betide anyone that attempts to challenge me. So the control system, aka the beast system, loves a society of ignorant, self-entitled, overly emotional, contrary people because they are easy to control and manipulate. And as we've seen so clearly this during the last two years, uh, where all of our worst fears about society have, um, have proven to come true. 
Another aspect in ter terms of barriers and challenges to living our truth and living authentic authentically it's not just a sort of cultural zeitgeist the norms that are pumped out there within the mainstream media as i say specifically towards younger generations between 18 and 35 in which the system actively encourages inauthenticity through mindless distractions there's also an aspect of societal programming in that quite often um, from a very young age we're encouraged to believe that uh, authenticity is something that's unrealistic so through the norms of the system it's sort of like um, we all have to do things that we don't want to do so from a young age you might you may well have heard that from teachers or from your own parents we all have to do things that we don't want to do and thus normalizing kind of slave mindset if you like and only a few mavericks living on the fringes of mainstream society can live with true authenticity and that's what the system projects and we often hear the idea that you're deluded if you think otherwise and i think i remember um i remember this being told to me stop stop being a dreamer life is hard buckle down you just have to get on with it so we're persuaded that living our dreams which is essentially is the same as living with true authenticity is self-indulgent even selfish and we saw this kind of idea uh, from a scene from the movie the truman show uh, and this is when it's like a, one of these um, clips where it goes back to when he was at school and he was probably about 10 years old and the teacher asks truman what do you want to be when you grow up truman and he says i want to be I want to be like the great ex explorer Magello, and the teacher quickly closes him down and says, "Oh well, that's that's uh, you know that's already been done." And claims, and the teacher claims that the world has already been discovered, and thereby, of course, closing down his dreams. So, in order to destroy our impulse to live a life of authenticity, the system attempts to kill our dreams at a very young age even before high school or secondary school as it's called here in the UK and this brings to mind uh, William Burroughs who once said in order to control a man you must first kill his dreams but it has to be said it's not all doom and gloom doom and gloom I should say we can overcome these barriers we have the power to live our dreams in spite of all the societal programming so another aspect I just want to touch upon, this is referring referring back to the whole woke uh, identity politics um, subject. And this sort of aspect of societal programme I call pseudo-authenticity and identity politics. Because I think we'll all, we can all agree that since the Second World War, there has been a massive change in the roles, particularly for for women but also for men and some people would argue that um, people certainly women have a lot more freedom now and they don't have to just get married and produce babies and it seems as if society almost is, encourages women uh, in the west at least um, to do to do the complete opposite to and motherhood is often seen as a sort of cultural societal burden so all of these traditional social roles have um have been have changed and have been replaced certainly in the atheistic western world 
of course not so much in other parts of the world um, where you have still um, the strong influence of things like um, Islam uh, where there's still obviously a lot of uh, women who play out traditional um, traditional roles so and we can also see this in terms of the whole idea of non-gender non-binary that we can even now identify as any gender uh, and it's said that we can identify our own uniqueness and we're seeing this with people who stick bits of metal in all over their body or they cover cover themselves with tattoos so it is said at least in a modern context that we can express ourselves in a, in an authentic way but I believe this all this is lead has led to is a form of kind of fake or pseudo authenticity and it isn't it isn't genuine I believe because ultimately it still serves the interests of the system so it fools people into believing that their personal trauma or pain is due to inequalities within the system and it doesn't involve uh, the journey within and accepting the pain and emotional disturbance of the inner work and I think what identity politics it encourages people to do the complete opposite so in, in effect identity identity politics and this idea of pseudo authenticity is a sort of a type of get out of jail free card where we can turn away from integrity responsibility which I believe as I said at the beginning are some of the main the main tenets of authenticity and in we and in this kind of idea of pseudo authenticity as well ideas are, are about morality and truth and justice again they are decried they are as I was saying before they are seen as being um, sort of quaint ideas from history or even sort of elitist ideas from the colonial era and now because we're all woke and progressive these ideas are are no longer relevant um, in the modern world so of course you can see this is the way in which the system the control system is aware of that we all have this deep inner yearning desire and passion for authenticity and it kind of railroads people down blind alleys alleys sorry i should say and, and it gets that through the culture and uh, particularly the young people it gets them to believe that they really are um, expressing themselves um, in a unique way so that's another i think it's a very um sort of common if you like it's a common uh, barrier essentially for younger people as well so something else that i just want to pick up on uh, in terms of social programming and this is this idea of um how from a, just referring back to this um when we're a young and we're at school and we're encouraged to play small and we're encouraged to not live out our dreams there's this kind of fable or story is played out in a film a really good kind of romantic comedy so spoiler alert if you haven't seen it uh, it's a film called i love you man uh, which is a kind of on one level a cheesy romantic comedy starring paul rudd and jason seagal and um but there's a nice little moral tale in the it's a sort of story whereby you've got the two main characters and one is the authentic guy and he's sort of like uh, the Jason Seagal player he's the sort of he's the Lafario or the player um, he has a, def a different woman each week he just lives a very basic life in a converted shed um, 
sort of thing and he plays the financial market so he doesn't have a nine-to-five job if you like and versus the kind of the other lead character the Paul Rudd character who's like the system guy and he's following all the norms of society so he's falling in love with his high school sweetheart and they're planning to to get married and what's really interesting is the way in which the system guy his sort of misconceptions about himself uh, and about the options he has in life and about what it means to be authentic are shown up uh, by the Jason Seagal um, character the sort of womanizing player type character and there's a really interesting dynamic between the two and it just shows you what's really interesting about uh, this particular film is that the system guy the Paul Rudd character um, that his real person is is hidden behind layers and layers of cultural programming, and that's what um, the Jason Segel character is trying to is trying to is trying to draw out of him. That you know, inside there is you know a strong, authentic guy, and he doesn't you know just from the level of you know he doesn't have to marry the first woman that falls for him, sort of thing, and uh, he doesn't have to work in real estate because that's just what his parents expect so it's it's a nice little it's a nice little story that lays out some of this sort of aspect of um societal programming that we can all fall foul of and uh, we can fall into this trap and it can be a great barrier to living with authenticity and it also demonstrates again you know how it often will take uh, a lot of guts and courage and that uh, it may well be that we have to accept that we're going to live as an outsider in order to be true to ourselves and order to be authentic it might not be it might not be the case it might mean that we still live within the system it just depends on our own on our own personal circumstances and and what our our journey is so i just want to move on now from some of the barriers and challenges that we face in terms of living authentically and look at this sort of issue as I said at the beginning in the introduction of why authenticity is particularly relevant uh, at this moment in time with these uh, the big shake-up that's going on in the world so I just want to share a quote a quote now from the late author called Andreas Moritz I'll just spell his surname for you in case you want to check out his work, which is pretty amazing. It's spelled M-O-R-I-T-Z. And this is from his book called It's Time to Come Alive, which I believe was published in 2010. And I quote, In order to relinquish our sole reliance on physical security and teach us how to rely on natural law instead, we may have to go through some more drastic global transformation so now the context of that particular quote with regards to living in authenticity well that will um, you'll understand um, just uh, as I move on to just um, flesh it out a bit for you so from a zoomed out higher dimensional aspect this particular quote and the meaning, I should say, explains the current crisis we see in the world, the much heralded so-called Great Reset, food shortages, supply line issues, explosion in commodity prices, 
basic raw materials and food stuff that we're all well aware of and may well be experiencing. And here in the UK, the media are calling it, comes under the banner of the cost of living crisis. So we're also witnessing the implosion of the established global economic and financial order, which some say has been planned for centuries, the final phase of the new world order, if you like, and the, post and the establishment of a post-capitalist world. Now, the clandestine establishment of communism in the Western world under the guise of progressive leftist politics was described by another great author, the late Eustace Mullins, in his book The World Order, which is a, yeah, it's a very good book, actually. So we know that there is a game of musical chairs playing out amongst the world's political, banking, financial power brokers. And we can see... We've seen now for many decades a so-called crisis of democracy. So who knows who will win the last, last remaining available seat as uh, as their political as their as their particular allegiances play out, I should say. So what has all of this got to do with authenticity? These current uh, conditions in the world. Well, as we know, we've built the world based on a myriad of lies and delusions. But now the proverbial chickens are finally coming home to roost. We can no longer fool ourselves that we can somehow live inauthentic lives and prosper at the same time. So again, the point of this quote, I believe what he was saying is that the universe is forcing us to step out of delusion and into authenticity. In other words, inauthenticity can no longer be tolerated. Um, not if we want to have any chance of surviving as a species on this planet because the planet will know will take will for sure take longer to return to a state of balance whilst we dismiss the importance of authenticity so we need to return to focus on the political dimension in relationship to authenticity because modern societies operate under the false premise that governments and government institutions are indispensable to the creation of stability, social cohesion and a civilised existence. At the same time, though, of course, the paradox is we know that they are responsible for all the intractable problems in the world. And our material existence, it is said, relies upon these institutions along with the corporate sector and big business. But I believe this is a falsehood. This is a lie. And what we're seeing unfold right now is a huge lesson for humanity. So what has this got, these crises, as I was saying, what have they got to do with authenticity? So ignorance will no longer be tolerated. It is no longer sustainable. The, view, the universe is, com is compelling us to step into our authenticity in order to bring about the transformation of the world that we all desire. So we're not just simply passive victims of the dark agendas of globalist stooges like the World Economic Forum. We actually have, we still have a lot of power in our hands. I think it's uh, well worth remembering that uh, when you hear a lot of commentators in the alternative media because they want you to believe the complete opposite. However, there is a much more fascinating story, as I say, unfolding so that means we can't just watch from the sidelines and wait for hyperdimensional saviour figures. We still have a vitally important role to play in the unfolding of a new world. 
and the conditions on earth. And we all know that confusion, anger, personal crises, violence and our, in, and our collective tolerance levels are all being stretched like never before. We can literally sense and feel consciousness is fracturing, the consciousness is fracturing and what, what was once hidden is being brought to the surface in order to be healed and transformed. So delusion is no longer tenable. We can't just ignore and turn our minds away. And that's why, as I was saying, why authenticity is so important because it is the only way in which we're going to transfer, transform this world when we own our part in it, when we own our responsibility. And I know that can be really hard, as I was just saying, when you've got someone shouting at you at work or you've got a big dispute with someone at work or a relative because all of our shadow all of our shadow stuff is coming up at this time for us to process so that can be quite that can be quite challenging so i just want to round things up um, in this particular episode where i've looked into authenticity and uh, yeah just some of the challenges that we face and uh, how we can step into our own authenticity so it's claimed by many commentators that everything out of alignment with truth during this time is going to disintegrate on the micro and macro level and all current ways of living are going to be transformed. So how can we navigate this process whilst remaining centred? Obviously by embracing authenticity and part of this involves disconnecting from external narratives to be the observer of events and to make sure that we don't get pulled in emotionally and that often means by not taking sides. That doesn't mean we don't care and become a contrarian. But that also means that we keep a high level of consciousness and therefore a high level of energy. Because as we know, life is going to become even more challenging as the controlling powers scramble to, rem to remain in, contr in control and keep their power and influence. And we're going to be triggered like never before. And that is inevitable existing relationships and friendships will come under extreme pressure so don't fall under the spell of the latest bread and circuses and dog and pony show because um, i'm sure there's going to be there's going to be many more to come in the coming months and years that will pull strongly uh, on our emotions so really it's about striking a balance between getting lost in dreamy uh, hopium ideas of paradise on earth or versus doom porn future scenarios because I think we need to kind of reach for the sweet spot really which is um which is somewhere in between because the delusion and because the delusion is so intense at this time the uh the subsequent force of awakening has to be equally intense but I think that you know, ultimately, this will be, um, there is a good ending to this particular, um, to this particular aspect or this time in human history, um, because nothing can really stop natural, natural law and a return to balance. Um, I think it's going to, obviously, it's going to be traumatic, especially for those people who have no real sort of 
context or understanding of the bigger picture as we saw during COVID. So they will tend towards um, easy comforts and easy illusions and easy distortions. So they will just cling, they will just cling to uh, the to mainstream narratives like their um, like their life depends on it. As I say, like we've seen during COVID. Um, but there's nothing we can do about that. All we can really do is focus on our own conscious evolution and our own conscious development. I think it's different. It's different if people come to us and maybe have questions about all the crazy, um, excuse me, all the craziness in the world. Then, of course, we can open up and we can share uh, our, our knowledge. But um, what I've often found is that people generally don't do that, to be honest. Uh, but it is a pleasant surprise when when people do approach us uh, with questions and maybe they think that we have some of the bigger picture on board and they value some of the information that we've uh, that we've compiled over the years. So thank you all very much for tuning in to today's uh, episode. Uh, it's good to be back, like I said at the start. And and share my ideas around uh, this issue of authenticity um, because it is very, very important that we try to be true to ourselves as much as possible during this time. Uh, as I've been saying, the real, the real, I think the pressure, the um, the pressure on the, on the gas stove is going to go up from about seven or eight to ten in the coming months and years, and we need to be aware of that. Um, so we need to make sure that um, we remain balanced at all time. So thank you all for, uh, for listening to me today and I'll speak to you all again very soon. Bye bye for now.